With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Darkcast Network. The light shines brightest on our indie podcasts. My name is Brenda, and welcome to Horrifying History, where you will hear about the unexplained, paranormal, and supernatural happenings that have stained the pages of history. Over 50 years ago, a woman's burned body was discovered in Norway. Today, we still have no idea who she is or why her life ended there. Some think that she was a spy or part of an international crime organization. Others think that perhaps she ended her own life after a battle with mental illness. Even recent DNA testing gives no clue of who this woman actually was. Just a heads up here, my dear listeners, today we will be talking about death, suicide, and graphic crime scenes. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Episode 107, The Isdal Woman. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. On November 29, 1970, a man went on a hike with his two young daughters. It was a beautiful Sunday afternoon when the group reached Isdalen Valley near Bergen in Norway. And while they walked... I don't think any of them were thinking of the nickname of this place, the Death Valley. Why does it have this name? It's due to the area having a history of people going there to commit suicide during the Middle Ages, and in more recent times, there were a string of hiking accidents. As the man and his children traversed the tough terrain, they suddenly noticed the scent of something burning. One of the young girls decided to go and investigate, and this is where she found the remains of a charred human body. It laid in a collection of broken rock fragments and was wedged between two large rocks. Shocked by their discovery, the family immediately went to the nearest town to call the police. As police started to approach this scene, they too noticed a very strong smell of burnt flesh. 
When they reached the site, the first thing they noticed was that the body was lying face up and it was severely burned. The hands were clenched up by the torso, which is actually common for burned bodies. The front of the body was burned beyond recognition, but her underside was different. Her backside was burned, but her bum area was undamaged. There was no evidence of any nearby campfire, but located or placed near the body were items affected by the fire. These were an empty bottle of liquor, two plastic water bottles, a plastic passport carrier, rubber boots, a wool sweater, a scarf, and a pair of nylon stockings. They also found an umbrella, a purse, a matchbox, a watch, two earrings, and a ring. The police thought it was very odd that the jewelry and watch were not found on the body itself. To them, it appeared that they were placed in the location that they were found. All around the body were traces of burned paper, and underneath it was a fur hat that had a small amount of gasoline on it. All of the identifying marks or labels for all the items found were removed. There was no identification found, and the authorities were not able to tell how long she's been there or when she actually died. Due to the fire damage, investigators could not even tell for sure her age, her height, or her weight. They were able to determine that the dead body was female, and they estimated that she was about 5 feet, 4.5 inches tall, or about 135 centimeters in height. They believed that she was about 25 to 30 years of age, and with no clues to her identity, the police started to look for any witnesses that could identify her. It was here that she started to be referred to as the Isdal Woman. When the Isdal Woman was brought in for autopsy, this only brought up more questions. It was here that it was deemed that she died of a combination of an overdose and poisoning from carbon monoxide. Soot was found inside her lungs, which indicated that she was alive as her body burned. Police believed that the gasoline found at the scene was the accelerant for the fire, and this resulted in the high level of carbon monoxide that was found in her system. It was also discovered that her neck was bruised from a possible blow of some kind, or perhaps a fall. In her stomach was between 50 and 70 pills of phenobarbital, and these pills matched the additional 12 phenobarbital pills that were found near her body. It is due to this that the Isdal woman's death was determined to be a probable suicide, but this ruling didn't sit well with many people. It didn't seem logical that a woman would take a large amount of pills and then set herself on fire. And then came the question of, who was she anyway? The first major clue came three days after the Isdal woman's body was discovered. Two suitcases were found at the Bergen train station. Inside the lining of one of them, police discovered five 100 Deutsche Mark notes, which would be about $2,012 in today's currency. There also was a pair of non-prescription glasses that had a fingerprint on the lens. This print was a match to the Isdal woman. Now that the suitcases were linked to the dead woman, the contents of those cases made this all a lot stranger. Inside were clothing, wigs, a comb, and a hairbrush. Also, there was German money that was hidden in the suitcase's lining and currency from Norway, Belgium, Switzerland, and the United Kingdom. There also was a tube of prescription eczema cream that had the label with the doctor and patient's name removed. There were cosmetics that also had their labels removed, and attempts to identify the brands were unsuccessful. And then there was the notepad. 
This notepad had a strange code that was written in blue ink. Why would this woman be carrying items to hide her identity, carry money from multiple locations, and have a notepad with a coded message? And then came the next clue. Inside one of the suitcases was a plastic bag from a shoe store. Police were able to determine that this store was about 130 miles or 209 kilometers away from where the body was found. When the police went to speak to the store staff, the store's owner's son remembered selling a pair of blue celebrity boots to a woman about three weeks previous. The son was able to give the police a detailed description of the woman who bought the boots. She was a well-dressed woman of medium height with a kind, round face. She had dark brown eyes, long dark hair, but she smelled a little strange. It would take several years for the son to realize that she smelled strongly like garlic. So how did police know that this well-dressed garlic lady was the Isdal woman? Well, it's because the boots that the son sold her matched the boots found at the crime scene. The description that the police now had led them to the St. Swithin Hotel in the same town. Authorities were able to track the woman to this hotel where she stayed under the name of Fenella Lorch. When police checked the hotels in Bergen, no person by the name of Fenella Lorch stayed there. But then, police were able to decode the blue inked message that was on the notepad. The numbers and letters in the coded messages corresponded to the woman's travel location with the date she stayed. Authorities soon figured out that Fenella Lorch was not the woman's real name, and that she actually used at least eight other identities in hotels around Norway alone. After analyzing the writing used on the notepad and comparing it to the writing used in each of the hotel check-in forms, the police had a match. This is where they realized that the dead woman must have been using multiple passports under different names. But why? After speaking to hotel staff, a timeline started to be established. The last time the woman was seen alive was on November 23rd, which was six days before her body was discovered. This is when she checked out of a hotel in Bergen. Hotel staff said that the Isdal woman was quite good looking and stood about 5 feet 4 inches or about 134 centimeters tall. She had long dark brown hair and brown eyes. She seemed like she was constantly on guard and stayed mostly in her room. When she checked out, she asked for the staff to call her a taxi and she paid her bill in cash. What happened between here and her being found dead, no one knows for sure. But what police did discover was that the Isdal woman was using at least eight fake passports with her fake aliases. When she gave information about herself, she changed details from each story to the next, like giving different birth dates or a different occupation. She did keep one thing the same, though. She always gave her nationality as Belgian. They also discovered that the woman stayed at several different hotels in Bergen and regularly asked to change rooms. When she spoke to hotel staff, she would tell them that she was a traveling salesperson and an antiquities dealer. During her interactions, staff noticed that she would speak to people in various languages and that she wore wigs. Was she trying to hide from someone? After creating and distributing a composite sketch based on the woman's body analysis and witness descriptions, the police circulated the sketch to many locations, including other countries through Interpol. No one stepped forward to identify the Isdal woman, and soon the case was closed. On February 5, 1971, 
the woman was buried in an unmarked grave in a burial site at Bergen. She was buried in a zinc coffin to help preserve her remains, and her ceremony was photographed just in case someone came looking for her. The police concluded that the Isdal woman commits suicide by ingesting sleeping pills. But to many, that doesn't make sense. Many to this day believe that the Isdal woman was murdered. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, before we dive into some of the theories about this case, we need to review the clues that the testing has given us. During the Isdal woman's autopsy, her teeth and jaw were removed due to she had some very unique gold-filling dental work. They also kept tissue samples from her organs. As new scientific developments occurred, new types of testing were applied to this case. This is where a professor of dentistry named Giselle Bang comes in. Professor Bang examined the woman's teeth that were covered with gold fillings and crowns. She determined that this dental work may have occurred in Central or Southern Europe or Asia. Before Professor Bang could solidify a location, she passed away and the teeth went missing. Rumor was that someone threw them away because they smelled, but the teeth were actually later discovered at a Bergen Hospital warehouse. With these were her tissue samples that included the diseased woman's heart, lungs, spleen, and liver. In 2016, this case was reopened and the Norwegian Broadcasting Corporation commissioned an artist to create sketches in attempts to identify the Isdal woman. Nothing came out of this other than a Bergen resident told a local newspaper that after he saw the circulated sketch, he suspected that the Isdal woman was a lady that he saw five days before the deceased woman's body was discovered. He was a 26-year-old man when the body was discovered, and five days beforehand, he was hiking in the same area. He then saw who he said may have been the woman in the sketch. She was not dressed for hiking and was walking in front of two men wearing coats that he described as looking southern. She looked to him like she was accepting of her situation, but then he thought she wanted to say something to him. She didn't, but the situation stuck out so much in his mind that he actually did go to police. He reported this incident to somebody he knew within the police force and was told to forget all about what he saw. His statement and his name was not recorded by the police at that time. In 2017, stable isotope analysis was completed using one of the Isdal woman's teeth from her jawbone. So what is isotope analysis? It is considered to be a very valuable tool in forensic anthropology. It's a type of testing that identifies an isotopic signature which is unique between person to person. It uses body tissue like bone, teeth, hair, and nails to predict the region of birth, long-term adult residence, recent travel history, and diet to create a picture of a person's life. 
This testing showed that the Isdal woman was born in or about 1930, either in or near Germany. She had moved to France or near to the France-Germany border when she was a child. She was of European descent and possibly from North America, even though her allegedly poor English suggests otherwise. Then in 2019, a French newspaper did a story on this case. This is when a man who lived in northeastern France claimed to have a relationship with the Isdal woman in the summer before she died. This individual claimed that the woman could speak multiple language, but she had a Balkan accent. She said she was 26 years old, but she dressed to appear much younger. She would not tell him any personal details about herself, and she regularly received scheduled phone calls from overseas. One day, the man decided to snoop through her belongings. He allegedly found various wigs, and among her clothes, he found a photograph of her riding a horse. Suspecting that she could be a spy, the man wanted to reach out to authorities, but he didn't out of fear. His tale and the photo were published by the newspaper, but this did not lead to any ideology on who the Isdal woman was or if the woman he was seeing was her at all. So who was the Isdal woman? As you all likely have guessed by now, many people believe that she was a spy. Why? Three years after the Isdal woman's death, it was revealed that Norway was the home to many Russian and Israeli spies during this time frame. In fact, the ideology that she was a spy was so strong that several other spies were questioned concerning her death. None of the agents claimed to recognize her or any of her aliases, but if I was a spy, I wouldn't admit knowing her and possibly blow my cover. Is it possible that these people did exactly that? Then there is the fact that after the Isdal woman's body was discovered, police were not the only ones looking into her death. About a week after the body was discovered, a police officer assigned to this case was called by the chief of the Bergen police. He was told that he was to specifically investigate this case and see if it had any connection to the spy world. This officer would later say that even though his team decided that this was a suicide, it doesn't mean that the Isdal woman wasn't connected to the world of espionage. He said that the fact that she had fake passports points to that possibility, but interestingly, a few weeks after these comments were made, the Bergen Police Crime Commissioner also made a statement. When asked if this case was connected to espionage, he replied, and I quote, We have no proof of that. No, we can safely say. I'd go further to say we've completely eliminated that possibility. With the information we have concerning this case being confusing at best, it is likely we'll never know who the Isdal woman was unless someone steps forward. Multiple findings do point to the possibility that she was a spy, which there was a spy presence in Norway at that time. Norway also experienced multiple strange disappearances during the 1960s, and these were said to have taken place near locations where the military were stationed. Many people suspect that these also were connected to espionage. To make this line of thinking even more tantalizing, declassified Norwegian Armed Forces records have revealed that many of the Isdal women's travel locations seem to correspond with locations of top-secret testing of what was called the Penguin Missile. The Penguin Missile is an anti-ship missile that was designed by the U.S. military that was a short to medium-range heat-seeking missile to be used by the Navy. 
Could it be that the deceased woman was caught trying to steal military secrets and she was killed for her actions? Perhaps did she commit suicide because she believed that she was about to be caught? Well, these thoughts bring us over to the theories of what could have happened to the mysterious Isdal woman. The first of these is that the Isdal woman did commit suicide as it was originally determined. The reason many believe this was due to the crime scene itself seems to indicate that the woman may have been taking a break from hiking to have something to eat. This is due to there were remains of bread or crackers and drinking items found at the scene. But in some tellings of what was seen at the death site, it was actually said that in their opinion, the items where the Isdal woman was found were actually positioned in a ceremonial way. Many times when people decide to end their own lives, they often do remove their personal belongings before their deaths. So let's discuss the pills for a moment. The autopsy reported that the woman had about 50 to 70 tablets of phenobarbital in her stomach and another 12 located near her remains. Phenobarbital is a barbiturate that slows the activity of a person's brain and nervous system. It is used as a short-term sedative to help people relax, and it's because of this that many reports say that the Isdal woman took sleeping pills. But this isn't commonly used for a sleeping pill. It is widely used to treat or prevent seizures, and is occasionally used for anxiety or to assist a person through drug withdrawal. The side effects of this drug are decreased levels of consciousness, and when used long-term, it can create dependency as well as an increased risk of suicide. Overdosing can result in pulmonary edema, renal failure, shock, and death. But here's the thing, my spooky friends. The dosage found in the Isdal woman's bloodstream was not lethal. In fact, the dose would have produced a calming effect versus her being drowsy. The additional medication in her stomach was undissolved, which means her death was not an overdose. Now let's discuss the fire for a second. Imagine for a moment that the Isdal woman wanted to end her own life and she took the pills for that purpose. Why would she then set herself on fire versus wait for the medication to end her life? Statistically, most women choose a less painful way to commit suicide versus choose a way filled with pain, and death by fire is an absolute horrible way to die. So now it's time to bust some myths concerning this story of the woman's death. There are many tales that say that there was a large amount of gasoline at the site, but this wasn't the case, and in fact, only a fraction of a drop was retrieved from the ground below the body. Also, many stories say that her backside was not burned at all. This also is not true. The body was actually quite burned on its backside, but her bum area was undamaged. The woman's clothes were also partially intact in her bum and stomach areas. According to experts, this possibly indicates that the woman was sitting bent forward when the fire started, and this in part protected the areas mentioned. Also, as mentioned previously, the Isdal woman had soot particles in her lungs. She also had higher levels of carbon monoxide in her blood. This suggests that she was alive when the fire started. One of the first police on the scene would report that to him, it appeared like the woman tried to throw herself back from the flames. They would also later conclude that she was surrounded by a short-lived but very intense fire. Add all this together, and this is why a lot of people do not believe that the Isdal woman commits suicide. But this all does point us towards another theory in the case. That is, that all of this was a horrible accident. 
As mentioned before, police on the scene said they believed that the woman attempted to throw herself off of the flames. In fact, many of the police who were at the crime scene thought that the Isdal woman started a campfire somewhere at a higher location. During the investigation, police discovered that the woman would carry a large can of hairspray with her. This made some believe that perhaps the woman built a small fire and she dropped her can of hairspray accidentally into the fire. This would cause the aerosol can to explode, which set her on fire. She then tried to back away from the flames and fell off a cliff to the location she was later found. This could explain the bruising on her neck, which was thought to be from a blow or a fall. But this would not explain the fact that there was gasoline at her death site. It also does not explain why there wasn't any sort of evidence that there was some sort of explosion. Now, my dear listeners, it's time for me to confess something. When I was young, my father built a burning pit. Its purpose was to burn yard waste. Now, one day when this was burning, I thought it was a great idea to throw an aerosol can into that fire. I ran and hid, thankfully, before it exploded. It was extremely loud and shrapnel was embedded into the ground all around the area. Now, in the case of the Isdal woman, there was no shrapnel at all. There were no blast wounds or any injuries to her body. So now this brings us to our last theory, murder. Many believe that the Isdal woman's possible life of espionage resulted in her having a very large list of enemies. Is it possible that one of them tracked her down and murdered her? Now, remember how I told you all that the woman smelled like garlic? It was so bad that the staff in some of the hotels she stayed at said that it would linger in the air even when she was not present. According to the Mayo Clinic, the apocrine glands of a person's body start to secrete an oil-like sweat when a person starts to suffer from anxiety or is under stress. The fatty compounds in sweat are like a breeding ground for sulfur-producing bacteria, and to many, this smells like garlic. In the reports of the woman's actions in the days before her death, she was said to be on the edge of paranoia. Could this explain why the woman had phenobarbital in her system as a therapeutic dose? Now let's jump back to the crime scene. Remember how some would describe seeing the woman's watch and jewelry not on the body and it was placed in almost a ritualistic way nearby? As said before, this makes sense if the woman decided to end her life, but if that was her plan, why would she set herself on fire after taking the pills? Then there's the fact that no one has given an explanation on how the woman burned to death other than the hairspray theory, but there was no evidence of an explosion. Murder would explain the strange bruise that was on the side of the Isdal woman's neck. Now, if we put all this together with the gasoline found at the death scene, the fact that the woman had multiple identities, she traveled from location to location while wearing wigs to change her appearance, and she worked with codes, all of this looks pretty suspicious. Someone had to finance her travel through Europe, and therefore, that person must have known who she really was. She had possessed multiple passports, which meant that she must have had some very powerful connections. Now add this to the removal of all the tags in her clothes and that her pattern of travel matched up to secret missile testing, this points to she may have been murdered. But by who? Was it another spy who wanted to stop her? Could she have been killed by who she was spying on? Well, if this was all true, why would the killer bring her to a location that they may have been seen or that the Isdal woman may have escaped? Why would they not choose to kill her in a location that they would be less likely to get caught? 
This case still brings us more questions and answers, and now myth is being mixed up with facts. But with all of this, there are several things that still hold to be true. Something brought this woman to travel through Europe, and something brought her to hide her identity. No matter who the Isdal woman actually was, whether she was an international spy, a criminal, or just an innocent woman, she does deserve to have her name known. Someone out there may be missing her, and they deserve to find out what actually happened. But most of all, the Isdal woman deserves to have her name given back to her and to be returned home. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Thank you all for joining me for our latest episode of Horrifying History. Join us on Facebook at Horrifying History, on Instagram at Horrifying underscore History, on Twitter at Horrifying H-I-S-T-1, or reach out to us by email at HorrifyingHistory at Outlook.com and let us know, who do you think the Isdal woman actually was? Was she murdered? Did she commit suicide? Or maybe, was her death just a horrible accident? If you haven't done it yet, please remember to hit the subscribe button for our show. For when you do, not only do you let more people know about our show, but you download our next episode on its day of release. It's a great way not to miss our next episode, The Skinwalker Ranch. If you would love to take home a piece of horrifying history, you really should check out our store. You'll find some great items by going to redbubble.com and by searching for horrifying history in their search box. And if you want to get a bunch of amazing perks like ad-free episodes, free merch, additional content, and much, much more, we are now on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash horrifyinghistory to sign up today. Thank you all for listening. And until next time... Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.